We'll uh, ask you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Isaiah, chapter 38. And as we're doing that, um, I have a question for you. Have you ever in your life been in a situation where something absolutely, positively looked impossible? You hear the resounding groans on that, and yes. I want to encourage you this morning with this glorious fact that there is nothing impossible with him. And that if we will put our confidence and our trust in him, the God with whom no things are impossible can turn things around for you. You may not be able to see that. You may not even believe that right now. But give him some faith. Give him something to work with. Because I discovered in Mark chapter 9 and verse 23 that all things, not some things, but all things are possible to him that believeth. Now there was a man in the Bible by the name of Hezekiah who faced a dire circumstance. And as we pick it up in Isaiah 38 verse 1, we see exactly what he was facing. Isaiah, the 38th chapter, the first verse, it says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Now that's not a good day. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall, and he prayed unto the Lord. And said, Remember now, Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord thy God, the God of thy father David, I have heard your prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years. A perfect heart is a heart that is one that is always trying to do right. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall where all he could see was God in his hopeless situation. And as a result of his weeping before God and as a result of turning away from his own sensations... And turning away from that death report, Hezekiah pled his case before the Lord, and the Lord added 15 years to his life. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, it is important that you and I, in a hopeless situation, have a case to plead. Hezekiah pleaded his case before God. The question I have for you is, do you have a case to plead? And if you do not have a case to plead, I've got one for you. Help, Lord. Mercy, Lord. I know I ain't been doing right. I know I ain't been doing the things that you've told me to do. I know I haven't showed up in church much. I know I haven't done this or that. But mercy. And I've discovered this. That the mercy of the Lord is enduring forever in our lives. You know, I'm sure that Hezekiah was making some pretty serious adjustments. 
And I've discovered this, that life is a series of adjustments. I looked at the word turning there as we know that he turned his face to the wall. The word turning simply means this. The place or point at which anything changes direction. It is a movement in a new direction. And here's what the Lord dropped in my heart about this message. Many times we must turn. We must change direction. Before he turns things around in our lives. You see, we're calling on the Lord to do some things and do some things and do some things. And we think we're waiting on God when in reality he's waiting on us to make the adjustments, to turn things around, to position ourselves for him to do some awesome things. In 1974, I could have laid on that addiction bed of heroin and cried out to the Lord, Help, Lord, help, Lord, help, Lord, and just laid there and died had I not gotten up and checked myself into a treatment center and turned myself around and put myself in a position to be set free, I'd be dead today. You see, there are some things that are in your control. There are some things that you can do about those credit cards. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. I want to be debt free. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Money coming to me. Oh, now. And I believe it. But you see, before debt freedom can come, there needs to be some cutting taking place. Cutting some things off. You cannot just keep maxing those credit cards out and expect supernatural intervention. God is expecting some things of you. Come on, somebody. I know I'm preaching good now. You see, God is waiting on us to do the right things. And if we will do the little things in life, If we will implement small disciplines in our life. You know, you didn't get in some of the difficulties you've gotten in overnight. And you're not going to get out of some of those difficulties that you're in right now overnight. Unless there's an immediate miracle. And I believe in immediate miracles. But most of the time, there is a process that takes place. There's a process of you getting in the Word. There's a process of you getting off the couch, getting in the Word, turning the remote off, and turning on the Word, and letting it dwell in you richly. You see, it's the little things that you and I can do in life that will absolutely make a big difference in our lives. Amen? Amen. I'm looking for something, so everybody stand by. Stand by. Mm. Listen to this quote by John Maxwell. He said, you will never change your life until you change something that you do daily. You'll never change your life until you change something that you do daily. And then he goes on to say, he said... Small disciplines repeated 
with consistency every day lead to great achievements gained over time. And I love this one statement that he made. I'm just going to throw it in there for good measure. Life is now in session. Are you present? Do you know what you need to do to see that situation that looks hopeless to turn around for the glory of God? We're all going to be tempted to be discouraged. I could raise both hands on that. We're all going to be tempted to be disappointed and despondent, especially when our hopes and and our dreams and our goals are delayed. Right? In Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22, it says this, that hope deferred or hope that is delayed makes the heart sick. But when a desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. The message translation says this, Unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. The voice translation says, hope that is postponed grieves the heart, but when a dream comes true, life is full and life is sweet. So here's what you can do, and here's what I can do to see those situations turn around. Number one, just turn your face toward the wall. Turn away from man. Turn away from your sensations. Hey, turn away from your past. Turn away from that disappointment in that past relationship. Turn away from that depression that you suffered as a result of losing a job. Turn away from all of that. Give it to God. And just look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Remove Every bit of distraction from your thinking and from your focus and stay fixed on Christ's unlimited supply every day. Hebrews said it like this, looking away from everything that would distract you unto Jesus. He is the author and he is the finisher of your faith. When I'm talking about looking unto Jesus, I'm talking about looking into his word. Find the word that covers your case. Yes, amen. We'll say that again. Find the word that covers your case. Yes. So, says, I haven't been able to find a word that covers my case. You haven't looked hard enough yet. Yes. For every situation that you're facing, there is an exceeding great and precious promises that trumps anything you'll ever face. Yes. Amen. Find the scriptures that promise you divine life. Find the scriptures that promise you divine health. There are so many scriptures in the word of God that promise you the hope of divine life and divine health. You know, in Proverbs, it says this, that if you will attend to my words and you'll incline my ear to your sayings, and if you will keep my words in the midst of your heart, amen. They're life to those that find them. And they're medicine to all their flesh. Somebody says, well, I'm, I'm having a battle with depression. It seems like my life is just sad all the time. You've got to turn from that sadness and look to the one who is filled with joy and with gladness. And listen, 
Hear his word. Because there is joy that comes from the spoken words of Jesus Christ. Remember he said to his disciples, he said, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be fulfilled in you. Find the scriptures. Search the scriptures. Get full of the scriptures. You see, we draw encouragement from the scriptures. We draw hope from the scriptures. Look at Romans chapter 15. And notice with me in verse 4. Romans 15 verse 4. And I want you to read this with me, please. Ready, read. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures... Now look with me in the Amplified Version of that same verse. It says that by our steadfast and patient endurance, now notice this, and encouragement drawn from the scriptures, we might hold fast to and we might cherish this hope. The answer for hopelessness is found in the Word of God. And you can draw encouragement from the life-changing Word of the living God. Here's what the psalmist said. The psalmist said, My soul faints for thy salvation, but I am hoping in your Word. Say it with me, I'm hoping... In your word. So check your word level. And then check what's coming out of your mouth. If there's constant despondency coming out of your mouth, your life is heading in the wrong direction. If there is constant evil reports about your body coming out of your mouth, you need to turn that around. Just like the governor turns the ship around by moving the helm, you need to move the helm of your tongue around and align it with the Word of God. Come on, somebody. Stop talking about how bad things are and start talking about how good your good, good father is. Stop talking about all the devil's doing and start talking about all that our good, good father is doing. Stop talking about all the sin that's in the land and start shouting about the grace of God that abounds much more. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This will change your life. And while the whole world is going that same direction, you've turned things around. And you're moving in another direction. you got the Holy Ghost with a rushing mighty wind attending your way. Helping you to overcome, which seemingly in the natural realm, the world knows nothing about how to overcome. But you know how to overcome. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So, here's the deal, guys. Find out, listen to the words that you're saying. And if your words don't line up with the word, 
change your vocabulary. One of the biggest things that I needed to learn coming out of drug addiction and coming out of a me-first mindset for the first 24 years of my life, one of the biggest things I needed to learn was a new way of talking. Because every other word was either cussing or vulgar or was all about me. You see, even though I was redeemed down here in my spirit, I still had to do something with my mind. My mind was blown by drugs and LSD. But when I became a Christian, I found a scripture which says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And be not conformed to this world, but be, whoo, be not conformed to Mark's world, but be transformed by Jesus' world. Hallelujah. And it will change your way of thinking, your way of talking, your way of believing. It'll completely turn your life around. What am I saying to you today? We must all learn and develop the language of redemption. How do the redeemed talk? The redeemed talk, God talk. And God talk is word talk. So draw encouragement then from the scriptures. And then the next point I want to bring to you is this. To turn a hopeless situation around, how many of you know, sometimes we just need to cry out, Help! Well, pastor, I was in a lifestyle that this happened and this happened and that happened. But now you have a new life. You're a new creation with a new kind of righteousness, with a new identity. Amen. Now listen to this scripture in Psalm 33:18. It says, behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Do you fear him today? Do you reverence him? The eye of the Lord is upon all of them that hope in his mercy. Another translation says, he watches over those who put their trust, their hope in his love. And in the message of Psalm 33, 18, I want you to pull that up if you would. Psalm 33, 18 in the message translation says this. Watch this. Watch this. God's eye is on those who respect him. The ones that are looking for his love. Glory to God. You see, most people are looking for love in all the wrong places. But we're looking for love in Christ Jesus. Now notice this. He is ready to rescue in bad times. And in lean times, he keeps his body and soul together. He's coming to your rescue. So simply place your hope on his love. And there's no greater scripture that I know of than to remember on a daily basis that no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, you are still more than a conqueror. You may have had a fight with your wife on the way to church today, but if you repented, you're still more than a conqueror. Through him that loves us. Say it with me real strong. I am more than, more than a conqueror through my great father who loves me. And lastly, 
in the midst of a hopeless situation, right before we receive communion, in just a few moments, this is so important. Turn your expectancy on high. I mean, I mean, just turn it all, all the way up. Turn your expectancy way up. Turn it on high. Here's what expectancy does. Expectancy creates a winning attitude. I'm telling you right now, I'm fully expecting the Golden State Warriors to go 22-0 this afternoon in Brooklyn, New York. I am fully expecting Steph Curry to throw about 35 bombs from three-point land. I'm expecting it. I'm fully expecting the Minnesota Vikings to go to the Super Bowl this year. That's a stretch, ain't it? Expectancy creates a winning attitude. No good thing, Raul, will he withhold from you. No good thing will he withhold from you. No good thing will he withhold from you over there. Expect it. Expect good. Expect God to show up in every area of your life. Expect supernatural favor to come your way. Expect golden opportunities to come from the Father of lights to you this week. Every good gift, oh, I'm preaching now. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights. Listen, expect favor. Well, I don't know, Pastor. You've got to be convinced of this, that you are one of His kids and you are one of his favorites every one of us are his favorites not every one of us have been acting like his favorites but we are his favorites you are and I am highly favored of God say this with me I am highly favored of God. And the favor of God surrounds my life as with a shield. Everywhere I go, the favor's already been there. Because the favor of God, it goes before me. And it opens doors for me that no man can shut. The favor of God, the blessing of God, it is up on me. And it is upon you. Come on. Expectation of good. Expectation of favor. If anybody going to get a raise, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to get a raise. If anybody ain't going to get laid off, it ain't going to be me now. <laughs> Why is that? Because you got favor. I got favor. Every time I get on a jet, I got favor. You may go from economy to first class because you're already first class in the mind of God. You're first class righteousness in right standing with Him. Expectancy. It creates 
a winning attitude. We are winners. We're not losers. We're on the winning team. We're on the team. Hallelujah. That raised Jesus from the dead. It looked like he was losing on that first day. On that second day, it even looked darker than the first day. But oh, on that third day. Ooh, the loser of all losers. Satan was defeated. And Jesus rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. For you and for me. I'm a winner. I can't help it. I am just a winner. Daryl, you're a winner. You just can't help yourself. You are a winner going somewhere to win. Woo! Somebody says, why do you do that? Because I like to. Woo! Glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's expect great things. Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, he says, For I know this thing's going to turn out all right. I I just know it. I just know it. This is going to turn for my deliverance, for my salvation, through your prayer, the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now notice, in direct proportion to my earnest expectation and my hope, That in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also in Christ, he'll be magnified in my body. Come on now. Whether I live or whether I die, it's going to turn out all right. That's the kind of attitude you've got to have. Much of what I experience and much of what you experience in life is in direct proportion To our earnest expectation. Where's that definition you gave me? Stand by. We got another stand by. Stand by. A reason for looking forward. Hold steady. That part. A reason to look forward. Some of you need to wake up. Listen to this definition. Right from Webster's. You can get a good thing out of Webster's. Here's what expectation is. Expectation is a reason for looking forward to something. Anybody looking forward to something this Christmas? I can remember when I was just a little boy, I used to look forward to Grandma Thomas coming to the Thomas household because she had cookies and all sorts of treats. My brother Tim and I, from the second uh, story of our home there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, we'd be looking and waiting for her to come up those stairs. Looking forward to it. I can remember my first basketball game. Yes, I played basketball. Yes, we did win the city championship when I was in eighth grade. I put in the last six points in overtime. And yes, I'm bragging. The older I get, the better I was. Amen. I was was so excited, man. About playing hoops. I mean, just hoops, man. Give me that ball. I like the smell of the ball. I like the smell of sweat in the gym. I like the snow that deep. I liked it. So when I was in second grade, I was so excited about my first game, I slept in my uniform. Because I had an expectancy and a winning 
attitude. Some of you need to sleep in your uniform. Some of you need to go to the second level of your home and start looking with an outstretched neck. Woo! This could be the day that debt freedom comes. This could be the day that I get my manifestation of my healing in my body. This could be the day, glory to God, that the rapture of the church happens. This could be it. This is it. Look at your neighbor and say, get your uniform on. A reason or warrant for looking forward to something, prospect for the future, as of an advancement of prosperity. Listen, you and I are winners, and we are advancing. Earnestly hope for a better day. Earnestly hope for your children to come back to Jesus. Earnestly hope for the manifestation of healing in your body. Earnestly hope for that promotion on the job. Earnestly hope for good to come your way this month, next month, every year of your life. Have an earnest expectation. You see, the Bible says this. Wait and hope and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage. He says, let your heart be stout. Let it be enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Say with me, I'm expecting this hopeless situation that I'm in right now to turn around. Declare this strongly, I'm expecting To see good things in my body. To see good things in my family. I'm expecting good things in my future. It's not just sitting by, doing nothing, but it's being on the lookout. It's being on the lookout. You see, my Bible says that the Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for him. In closing, I want to just tell you just a moment or two about David. We're going to receive communion in just a moment, I promise. But you know, David was a person that really, really could have given up on life because he failed miserably. But the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. When David blew it, what did David do? He turned his face to the wall. He didn't try to... uh, dismiss himself and blame someone else for the adultery he had with Bathsheba. He admitted it and he quit it. John Maxwell says, admit it and quit it. But here's what David did. Instead of getting down on himself, he'd go into the presence of God. And David lived a life of praise. And I want to tell you this, that between your amen and here it is, one of the best things you can do is develop a lifestyle of praise. And I'm not talking just about in church. It's easy to praise God in this place. It's easy to run around the building in this place. But in your midnight hour, in your own living room, in your own automobile, you need to learn to praise God. 
You need to learn to shout while the walls are looking at you in the face. You need to learn to minister unto the Lord. And as you minister unto him, he will inhabit those praises with his presence and your enemies shall be scattered. Turn your face to the wall. David came home one day. All their wives were gone. All their children were gone. The whole city was in disarray. All of their spoils were gone. The people got so upset with him, they wanted to pick up a stone and stone him. Amen? But David, instead of yielding to that spirit of grief and spirit of disappointment and despondency, here's what David did, and this is what we must do regularly. David encouraged himself in the Lord. David became stout, enduring, and strong by singing the high praises of God. And in that time of inquiring of the Lord, God gave him direction. He acted on that direction, and they got everything back and more. Somebody said, well, I've lost so much, I've lost so much. Turn your face to the wall. Inquire of the Lord. Let him give you direction And God will turn it around for you, and you will see the goodness of God in the land of your life. Closing scriptures right here. He says, why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become restless? Anybody ever been there? Why have you been disturbed within me? He says, here's what you do, soul. You hope in God. And you wait expectantly for him. And then he said, here's what I'm going to do. Instead of being disturbed and despondent, I'm going to praise him. For he is the health of my countenance. Did you get anything out of this message today? I know you did. Let's give the Lord a big shout. Let's give him praise today.